I know you're excited. Some of you are disappointed. What, two of you might be disappointed. It's producer Nick. Producer Nick is back filling in on Clerically Speaking for Father Harrison and Father Anthony. Do you miss them? Do you? Or or is producer Nick feeling that hole in your heart? I bet he is. Actually, the feedback has been no. They're like, Nick, you're great and all, but we miss the priests. So here's my strategy. I'm just going to be straightforward with you. What we're going to do is I'm going to bring on as many lay people as I possibly can to clerically speaking. So to aggravate Father Harrison and Father Anthony into doing the podcast again. That's right. Your noble producer would do anything to get you the product that you want. That's one angle. The other angle is, man, doing a podcast. That's a lot of work. Like coming up with topics every week, man, I'm pretty interesting with a few things. But I, I was talking to Father Anthony. I said, I, so I'm a youth minister. And every single week, I just feel like I'm preaching the same thing to my teens. And he goes, dude, that's what it is. You just preach Jesus Christ every week. I'm like, yeah, but like I'm running out of Jesus to preach about. And he made fun of me a bunch for that. So to help me co-host this week, I want to introduce uh, a guest who um, is cool. He's a husband, a father. He's bearded like me. He's the Catholic director of evangelization. Excited to talk to him about that. He's a partnered streamer. He's a Detroit sport, sports fan, and he's the host of Super Squares HQ. Uh, Jonathan Blevins, welcome to Clerically Speaking. My dream has come true. <laughs> I've made it. We have arrived. I'm so glad for you. Does it count if they're not here? Does it count? Yes. Perfect. Entirely. Look, um, the podcast doesn't happen without me. And so the podcast continues to happen with me. And maybe we'll talk about priests today. And that way it's still clerical-ish. Clerical light. I'll follow you anywhere. Okay, thanks. So, hey, I got a question for you. Like, when did you first get introduced to Clerically Speaking or Father Harrison or Father Anthony? Because, like, this is we, – we've shared, what, like two sentences before we started recording? Like, I, I don't even know you that well. I know. I feel like we're going to get to know each other very well. Also, you do have my phone number, I think, yet we've been using Twitter DMs because Twitter <laughs> is the greatest. Honestly, I don't know. I don't know what, what, what came first, clerically speaking, and then our relationship with Father Anthony and Father Harrison, or vice versa. Um, mm. I really don't know. I, the first time I ever listened to an episode, I'm very selfish, um, was when they tagged me because of one of my tweets. And I'm not lying. Like, it felt like the coolest thing ever. I recently had the Detroit Lions DM me and say, thanks for all you do for us. We're going to send you a Christmas gift. What? That was cool. That was not as cool as being mentioned on Clerically Speaking. Whoa, no way. I went back. I listened to a whole episode and I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> they're actually good too. It's, you know, and so I want to say early on when they were doing a lot of that Twitter stuff. Um, and then we became mutuals, I think. And then we started playing video games together. That's fantastic. I yeah, think that I that might have been about when I I met you. So I, I remember like logging into one of your streams and like making comments. I'm like, I want to try to be funny so that so that we can be friends one day too. Do you play video games? Oh, not that much. Okay, is so that going to be okay? More. That's okay. No, that's totally fine. Okay. I'm not much of a gamer, honestly. People are always surprised by that. I'm really not. I play like wow. three games. 
So I, uh, I mean, like I ended in the days of, uh, like the N64 was where I maxed out. <laughs> yeah, nice. seriously. Nice. Or like uh, all the roller coaster tycoon tycoon games. Like I'm downloading them. I'm putting all kind of like patches and things in so I can play it on my Mac. And I haven't like evolved from that. That's incredible. What do you do for, in your free time then? My free time, I roast coffee. I have a house and I like working on it. But when you think about like, do I have any hobbies? I'm like, no, not not really. Other than coffee roasting, podcast producing, um, hanging out with my illustrious wife. Uh, but like, I need to paint my garage. The, the garage in the house that I bought it, it, like total neon colors. And so that's my hobby? Question mark? Like I downloaded Candy Crush last week. There you like, go. ooh, is that going to be my hobby? I don't know. But don't get sucked into the app in-app purchases. Don't do it. I have I spent it. an unhealthy amount of money in Pokemon <laughs> Go this year. I did it once. I uh, I spent like, I don't know, like five bucks. I'm like, come on, that'll go a long way. It doesn't go a long way. No, they get you. They get you. It's a free game. And then you pay like a hundred bucks a year for it. So I'm, I'm practicing what like the church fathers called like uh, watchfulness, like constantly saying no to Candy Crush is going to make me say no to the other sins in my life. And so by playing Candy Crush, I'm becoming holier. What do you think? What do you think? Does that make sense? Uh, yes, I buy that. 100%. Sweet. <laughs> I'm going to download it right now. All right. So I want to move into our first segment. Uh, how excited are you to be a part of the Summa Tweetologica? It's a dream come true. It, it might sound like I'm just kind of saying that. This I am very excited. I tried not to think about it too much in the last two weeks, so I wouldn't yeah. pick myself up. Oh, sweet. All right. Well, let's take it away with the Summa Tweetologica. Summa Tweetologica. Summa Tweetologica. Summa Tweetologica. Summa The Summa Theologica was St. Thomas's, uh, Thomas Aquinas's collection of theology. The Summa Tweetologica is what this week, Jonathan and I, two lay people, think about some tweets. Do you want to go first? No, you have to go first. All right, cool. Uh, I have a tradition of only reading my own tweets <laughs> on the Summa. I love this. Because they just don't pick me enough. Let's see. Uh, okay. This is at Papa Sharapa. Every time the Catholic Church is in the headlines for something other than a corporal work of mercy, I will put a dollar in the vacation jar. jar. That way, I won't be so sad all the time. Ah, <laughs> oh, man. So I used to work for the Diocese of Pittsburgh. And uh, when the big abuse scandal like came out in 2018, yeah. I was just like knee deep in all the news. I had to respond to it. Even prior to that, I worked at National Catholic Reporter in Kansas City. And I, I just figured out the news really bums me out. Like I can remember when Hurricane Katrina happened and the Catholic Church was in the news for like helping. You know what I mean? For like bringing Jesus to people. And uh, I just, I didn't want to go to work the past few days just because they were, uh, the church is in the headlines for this or that. And I'm like, I, I just don't, I don't, it just, it wounds me. 
Do you ever feel that? Uh, yeah, and I felt it pretty much every month since 2018. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's great. It, it, it's a bummer. Like I, I, I am proud of my church, and I, I've experienced the most wonderful consolations in prayer. Uh, but it just doesn't seem congruent with what what we portray ourselves as, and it's just a big bummer. Like there's this huge disconnect from the church and the media and uh, Jesus. Yeah. What What was it that? Um, what, uh who who's the the bishop passed away gonna be a saint there was a fight about his body between new york and oh uh fulton sheen fulton sheen thank you i was like yeah in there so fulton sheen i'm pretty sure he said something like there are not 100 people in the world who hate catholicism mm -hmm. um but there are like you know millions that hate what they think it is and it's so true Matt, you like you, you get all this horrible news and it's like look how horrible the church is and you're like yeah but we do so much good but then it's never the right time to say it Mm -hmm. like, you know, you're right we're the worst that's like i feel like what i've been tweeting for the last two years yes you're the worst and then it's like okay now i can talk about the good stuff that we do like the catholic hospital system and like you know we we like we fund education all the time i don't want to talk about that and it's like boom scandal ah never mind gotta wait yeah i'm like i'm waiting for that like ground zero moment for the church like we can't go lower and then i can like start to propose jesus and the truth and the beauty and all the things man but Oh, anyway, before I get too down, can you just read a tweet? Can you can you bring something up that brings up my mood? Yes, I'm going to do that, but I have to ask the rules first. Okay. Because I have I have heard all kinds of tweets. Does it have to be a theological tweet? No, it can be anything you want, man. Anything I want? Yeah, dude. Okay, so this will absolutely bring your mood up. So I have a friend, <laughs> Alex. He's at Iowa Catholic, spelled with a K. Mm -hmm. uh, like the something corporate song, Constantine. Okay. Best song of all time. If you haven't heard it, you should play it and listen to it and let it change your life. <laughs> Here we go. Direct deposit, $1,400. Me at Taco Bell. I'll have the menu. <laughs> this is one of my favorite trends right now. I love it. <laughs> like So good. Me, $1,400. Me at Applebee's. Bring me all the bees. <laughs> like, yeah. I just think it's so funny. I just want more of these. <laughs> Direct deposit, $1,400. Me. Pay Nick Sharapa for one episode of producing Clerically Speaking. Oh, that would be so wonderful. That's how you get an episode, right? No, no, I work for a Catholic organization. So uh, no, they actually pay me nice. They're they're very good. It is a just wage as a as advertised. Man, so like even in the middle of this podcast, a Home Depot truck might come and bring me patio furniture. Why? Because fourteen hundred dollars hit my bank account. And my wife is like, she, she moves into my house and she's like, I want to make this our house. I'm like, how can we do that? And she goes, your deck is empty. Can we get patio furniture? I'm like, yes, if this makes it more of your home. So like on a real rebel, I, I'm super hyped. Yeah, that's I'm going to be able to eat outside. Congrats, man. Is it warm? Yes. Uh, we've been hitting those like 60 degree days occasionally. So that's been kind of nice. It's warming up, bringing up the a better mood. I always say we 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 suffer through February, which is terrible, and then March is February part two, uh, and then suddenly it's spring. So we're almost through February part two. I love it, man. Yeah, dude. How many tweets do we get to do? Uh, I. What do you think? Two each. Does that work for you? Yeah, I'm in. Okay. Um, da, 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 da. As I get older, this is a tweet from at, 
let's see, Papa Sharapa. Oh, that's me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, as I get older, my friends become more political and therefore more boring. Dude, I think that like, how is your day is way more interesting than than a than a hot take about politics right now. Yeah, I much prefer hot takes about other stuff, which you're very good at. Oh, thanks. Like, uh, hot takes about, like, I don't know, the best childhood bubblegum, which is obviously double bubble. Is that the one that's like a rope? No, that's the one that's, like, wrapped up in the yellow. Oh, wait a minute. Oh. But there is bubble tape. Bubble tape was great, dude. Dude, I used to take, like, you know, it's so if you don't know, it's like tape in it, like a, it's like a tape measuring tape and it's bubblegum. And I would just take a bite out of it just to make everyone angry. Dude, if you put that, there's like a trend on TikTok where like people try to make other people feel uncomfortable by doing stuff like that or like pouring too much milk in the cereal and stuff. You, if you made that video, viral. Yeah. viral. You think? hundred That could be my TikTok debut. I'm thinking about it. I'm good at social media. I've been good yeah. at social media my whole life. I like drown myself in it till I understand it. And then I then I can do it. I'm, I'm just almost there at TikTok, but I just don't know my what I want my approach to be. Yeah, it's an absolute it's an absolute cesspool, but it can be <laughs> it can be good. It can be good. And and the goodness on there is incredible. The goodness on TikTok is better than the goodness on any app. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's and 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 like young people, especially if you're a youth minister, like young people are, are they use it so much that if you can be a voice, a good voice, uh, in there and show up on their for you page and, and preach some Jesus. I mean, I cannot tell you how many I, I teach in the Catholic school yeah. um, as part of just a, in the mornings for theology um, or middle schoolers. And I cannot tell you, like some of these kids are, they are learning more on TikTok than they are at their Catholic school. They're like, so they're like, yeah, there's one person. They love Jesus. So I love Jesus too now. It's like some stranger on TikTok. Wow. Yeah, TikTok is a way to go. That's wild. I might actually have to do that professionally. <laughs> there's like <laughs> oh man there's times when i think to myself man youth ministry is a professional job that yeah. i do and i'll be like learning how to do tiktoks that are not too cringy you know we could do tiktoks together it'll be great what? that'd be sweet all right what's your next tweet okay so this i gotta give a huge shout out to jd flynn um <laughs> we we as a church do not deserve him no, um, I certainly don't deserve to call him friend. He he seriously is unreal and no exaggeration mm -hmm. like is 51 percent of the reason why I uh, since the since all the scandals really in the last however many years, but particularly yes. since 2018, um, his tweets, his friendship, being able to reach out to him and talk to him is like the reason that I'm still in love with the church whoa seriously like i love jd i think i tweet it all the time and he's just like john's just being nice but the dude's awesome so he went on this <laughs> yesterday was saint patrick's day by the time you're listening to this it won't be but he right. was tweeting on saint patrick's day uh and just talking about some hilarious things that his dad used to do uh and, and make the kids do for saint patrick's day when they were growing up so here uh, here we go other things that my dad told us that green chromosomes are stronger than other genes so if you're a bit Irish, the green chromosomes will overpower everything until you're all Irish. <laughs> <laughs> and that on St. Patrick's Day, I had to write Seamus on my school papers or I would get a zero. I'm going to break the rules and read the follow-up tweet. When I went to college, I decided I was going to rebel so hard by not writing Seamus on my papers anymore on St. Patrick's Day. Then, thanks to those green chromosomes, I felt deeply guilty and aware of my father's mortality. So I started doing it again. <laughs> So he's in college writing Seamus on his papers every St. Patrick's Day. And that is that is one of the best stories I've read on Twitter in a long time. Wow. You know, he, he, so he's smart. We know that. But he's like 
funny and normal too, which leads me to my next conclusion about J.D. Flynn. You know what he does in his free time? What? He takes baskets of kittens and drowns them. (laughs) It's the only way. John, it's the only way that he can be a little bit normal is that he has this super deep side. So it, it, it's this, it's just like he strangles puppies. <laughs> oh my gosh. So you think that's his deep side when I would say his deep side is like pulling up the videos where like the duck is walking <laughs> with all the baby ducks and then the baby ducks all fall in the sewer and the duck turns around and it's the saddest video and he laughs at those. Like I could see that, but drowning kittens. Oh, dark. Yeah, I I, I I go there with people like so that that was the thing like you know Father Mike Schmitz he's a nice dude, he's smart. Yeah. I, I met him in a hotel once, and we were all like a bunch of us at at one of the seat conferences or something. We're just hanging out, and he he had a drink. We all had like enjoying a drink, and he was normal, and he made jokes. Okay, I'm like this man drowns kittens he's in this deep society of people because like not only is he holy and normal and all the things like ah he must be a jerk somewhere because he he didn't even make sarcastic jokes like he was just he made actually funny jokes that's a jerk (laughs) i I actually can do a decent father mike schmidt's impression go for it Hey, everybody, and welcome, and thanks, and I'm glad that you're here, because, it, because listen, it's, it's, it's absolute, I mean, it, it, just, just, just listen for a second, because it, it gets crazy if you think about it. Jesus actually loves you so much that he, he, he literally, from, from heaven, became one of us. And, and if you just think about it, just let it, just let it kind of pierce through your brain and your soul. So much love. Oh, it's so good. It's the Father. You know what he started? Not bad. That was was pretty good. Like he he starts off with this, like, "Hi, I'm and this is Ascension Presents. Um, is is this mic on? (laughs) Like he starts off with this cute thing, and then he just starts beating away at your heart. Yeah, I'm like, I'm I'm almost thinking that that beginning thing, like, is it like stylistically? You know, you know why we can make fun of him so easily? Because he's amazing. Because he's that good. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like when you can make when you can make fun of like the the best speakers, like uh, making fun of David Calavita, easy easy. Just start yelling a whole bunch. <laughs> uh, making fun of Mark Hart, ah, he, easy because he's just well, yeah. Just have to be really smart when you make fun of him, I guess. But all those big speaker guys, I mean, they're easy to make fun of because they're good. They're good, man. Doing good stuff. Hey, um, let's go over to the next uh, segment. Let's see. How far into this are we? 18 minutes. It's felt like five. Let's go over to pastoral council. Ooh. Uh, And now it's time for pastoral council, where the laity are empowered to say words. Oh, yippee. Opinions. Have you ever heard pastoral council? I don't think so. Have you ever gotten beard stuck in your mouth? Yeah, but not on accident. Oh man, that just happened right now. I've got this is it's never been this long, man. It looks amazing, and you should keep it. I yeah, my don't my mom's listen, listens to the podcast, and she's gonna be so upset that you encouraged me. My mom will also listen, and she is a sweetheart as well, and so she will encourage you. So that's that's two versus that's three versus one. <laughs> Yeah, she uh, like uh, she'll be like, Nick, your beard looks good. 
which is different because my mom normally like if, if she doesn't like something she'll she'll just tell you um in a loving way she's like your beard looks good but you look so handsome when it's shorter yeah. <laughs> i'm like mom i'm already married like i i don't know like i just can't wait to do that youth group fundraiser where the teens get to pick out my facial hair and then i get to shave and keep it for a month or something yeah it does work oh i'm i mean i'm i'm stoked for it so pastoral council have you heard the bumper for it yes i love the yeah, bumper for it. yeah it's <laughs> it's my favorite it's when the the lady get their chance and uh you work at a parish is that that's right right yeah yep and you're the um, you're the director of evangelization. Is that what you call yeah. yourself? Yeah. So yeah. Um, so I was a youth minister for twelve years, and then director mm. of catechesis and evangelization at a parish for two, and now a director of evangelization at a different parish for now two years. Why did you go to another parish? Why didn't you just start enough it? Why didn't you get out of the parish world and working for for priests? Like, why didn't you get out of that that terrible situation? Just start a nonprofit. That's the that's the dream of all youth ministers, right? That's the dream. That's the escape pod. That's like the emergency hatch. I'm getting out of here. I don't have to deal with the parish anymore. Why didn't you do that? Yeah, I'm so so glad you asked. Um, and you know what? I, like, I I actually have thought about like, I mean, there's I, one of my biggest dreams. If you're like John, what's your biggest dream? One of my biggest dreams is to just get paid to be me. Yeah. Um, Maybe that sounds like arrogance if I could even like imagine that that would be a thing. Uh, but I would love that. And like part of like I'm Jesus. And so I would talk about it naturally. And I could just like, oh, and you know what I could do is I could start like a, like a nonprofit and do that. Um, and and, and I, there's nothing wrong with nonprofits. But I, one of my biggest pet peeves in ministry is mm-hmm. is people who like just kind of get sick of the, you know, the bureaucratic stuff in the church and the scandals in the church and all that stuff. And I get it. Trust me, I totally get it. And they're like, you know what I'm going to do instead? I'm going to leave and just teach other people how to do it better, even though I could never quite figure it out at the parish I was at. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just, I, every year I say, Lord, please, if it is your will, get me the heck out of parish life. And every year he makes me stay. That's wonderful. <laughs> I, 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 you know, I'm trying to think of what it is. It, it's kind of like so many talented people like uh, know what the ideal is and maybe have experienced what the ideal is in church work. Um, but they just don't know those little baby steps on how to get there. Does that make sense? Like, like I have the, the fortune of working in Pittsburgh, diocese of Pittsburgh, which is really close to Steubenville. So heck man, we get all of these youth ministers flooding out of Steubenville into Pittsburgh. I mean, it's great. It's great for us. Uh, but, I have this like sense of skepticism and here they, they absolutely love the Lord. They're coming in guns blazing into a parish and they know because of, uh, you know, where the parish should be. Uh, So they come in and saying, this should be like this, this should be like that. And uh, they get so darn discouraged when they get into a parish because of the natural cynicism uh, in among parish staffs. And then they just end up leaving or they, they'll come up to me and be like, Nick, you're talented and funny. We should do this YouTube channel. We should do this podcast. We should do this nonprofit where we get all the youth ministers together and it's paid centrally. We do all these things. I'm like, or you could just go back to the, go back to the parish yeah. is normally my answer. And they just don't like that answer. Yeah. You know, here, I think, I think that there's a lot of people doing ministry and a lot of people in doing, you know, doing evangelization or, or training others how to do evangelization. And we need more people instead of training people to do it, to actually do it. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite things that I get to do at my parish is like, 
I, I'm like the catch-all. We and I, I'm blessed. I, mean, I get I have seven people that are on my team: middle school full-time, high school full-time youth minister, one through nice. five full-time, a full-time administrative assistant, uh, some a part-time person who uh, helps with uh, kids with special needs and helps them to be included into all our all the stuff that we do at a parish. Yeah, I mean, it's we are very Sick. yeah, we're very blessed. Like it, it's it's me. We're not without our faults. Like you know, every year I'm like, I get me out of here. Uh, if it's your will, but I love the team I get to work with and I love the the staff I get to work with. But um, I'm like the catch all with, with like the people who haven't received their sacraments, but like want to join and they're like not fitting the right ages. Right. It's, we have no one on staff who like is like, oh, well, you go to this person. So instead, I just take them all and prep mm-hmm. them and uh, and get them ready. And so I get to walk with people every single day and and then go to Easter Vigil with them and watch them commit their their entire life to Jesus and and celebrate the sacraments uh, and be a part of that journey. And like, you, you just can't do that stuff um, when you're out there training other people, how to evangelize all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we need, we need, and there's so many talented people out there. And if parishes had people like that in them, like walking with them, it would just be, imagine what, what, what would happen. Yeah, man. I, uh, I think to myself, like, could I teach it? Yeah. I've been to enough classes taught about it. I've done all the diocesan things, you know, you bring in a speaker or blah, 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 blah. Could I teach it? Yeah. I could say the same things that they did that they do. But like when I'm at target on a Friday, cause I have Fridays off and I'm asking the cash rate cashier register when no one behind me, like, or the cashier person, like, hey, like, how are you today? Like, Good. How are you? I'm like, and I, you know, normally say something like, great. I don't, I don't work on Friday. So I, I love this day. Well, why don't you work on Fridays? Ha ha. Ha Now I'm going to tell you I work for the church. And then you'll probably be like, I'm not talking to you. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, like if I, man, the, the, it's so hard, like to make disciples of all nations when my nation is probably the local target or uh, grocery store. And like actually doing it, man, I've got a, I've got an evangelization, um, accountability partner. Okay. I'll, I'll I'll call my friend, Jason. He's a youth minister in the diocese. And I'm like, Hey man, I could have asked to pray with someone, but I didn't, I was too afraid. And he goes, Hey man, you're really good. You're really smart. You're really talented. Go pray with that, you know, person, or you can do it. Try again next time. Or, or, you know, go ahead and talk to that person. You're not weird. Like, or, or something like that. <clears throat> so the actually actual doing of it, um, I think working at a parish is great because like your mission field in, in a way comes to you. Yeah. Um, but man, that's awesome. Yeah. Like, so you're blessed. I like to think my mission field other than the parish is the local pub. Yeah. You know, you know, and I, and my pastor who just left, we're waiting for our new one. He's on sabbatical. Our new one will be announced soon. And I hear, I hear we're getting someone great. So that's going to be awesome. Cool. Uh, but my uh, the last pastor who just left, who, by the way, was best friends with Chris Farley. <laughs> uh, the whole so- thing, like the whole thing, like, you know, I'm Matt Foley and I live in a van down by a river. Matt yeah. Foley is father, Matt Foley. And that was my pastor. Um, he was at front row and that's why Chris Farley used his name. The whole character oh. of motivational speaker was based off of my pastor. Are you just using clerically speaking to drop all the cool things that have happened to you in your life? I honestly, okay. Yeah. Yes. Yes. There have been there's too many. God has been too good to you. That's why I, that's why I always tell joke with people. I'm like hundred percent not going to heaven because I'm going to get there. And God seems like I gave you this, 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 and this, and all of these cool things. And you still didn't put me first. And I'm gonna be like, uh-huh. okay. <laughs> uh, so I'm trying, I'm trying. But um, he he challenged our whole staff and he challenged our whole parish like to never ever say I'll pray for you. 
and to never, ever walk away with someone who asks you to pray for them by saying, I'll pray for you and to always stop what you're doing and just pray in that moment. And it has transformed our parish. It's crazy because now, now there's just people praying with people after mass. Uh, because they're like, Hey, can you pray for me? And you know, it's usually innocent. And they're just like, Oh, will you pray for me? And you're like, how about you pray now? And you're just like, Oh, how about no? You know, and you're like, yeah, the, you know, and you just do it. And then either they never ask you again, which is awesome. Uh, or they come back like all the time and they just want you to keep praying with them. So it's, it's been a really cool thing. Wow. That's wild. I mean, I normally I have, I, in moments like that, I'll ask the Holy spirit. Cause I like, like I hope the Holy spirit gives me an out. I'm like, Holy spirit. <laughs> do you want me to pray with this person? Nine times out of 10, it's a yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's a yeah. Uh, other than that, it's normally like you will follow up with that person. Um, yeah. Man. So like, uh, that's really cool. I like that you said that transforms your parish. Cause like uh, <clears throat> one thing I've been trying to work on and our parish staff has been doing, we started to get together and pray a bit. Like I remember th- th- there's a stereotype in youth ministry that we just play basketball with our teens or we right. just play around with our teens, not teach them how to pray, get to know their lives and, and things like that. And so I thought to myself, how, what is the best way for me as a youth minister to, uh, to really start changing the culture around here? Uh, like taking those little baby steps, if you will, to change the parish culture. And I thought to myself, I can't just say at a staff meeting, this is what we need to be doing, you know, cause I'm, I'm just expressing the ideal again. Yeah. <clears throat> so I decided like, I'm going to go over to so-and-so's office. I'm going to ask if they want to get lunch and then I'm going to get to know them in their lives. And man, is it time consuming? <laughs> like, it's just the, it's not the worst. It's, it's fun. I, I, I like talking to people and this and that, but like, I know something that that you're sort of passionate about is like that parish staffs need to actually pray together. Now that sounds good, but what do you, what do you mean when you say like uh, the parish staffs need to actually be praying together? Yeah. I think they're like, okay. So parish staffs, right. I've worked at three different parishes, all of them relatively huge. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I do get to travel around and kind of train parish parish staffs. And, and like every, so every one I've seen, which is, you know, a, a, a small amount, I guess, mm-hmm. compared to all the Catholic churches. There's there's a whole, like, wide demographic, right? You've got the person who, like, has been there for 30 or 40 years, who, like, prayer is private and we don't pray together. You've got the on-fire youth minister, and you've got the Lutheran uh, administrative assistant. <laughs> like, there's all, there's, yeah. like, they're, they're everywhere. Um, and you, and so I love this. I forget who, who said this, because um, there's no shot that I made it up, but I heard something like your your parish is only going to be as healthy and as holy as your parish staff. Um, and so like, yeah, we have to be praying together. And like, you, there's so much animosity on parish staffs. And like, uh, for some reason, like, uh, and maybe maybe it's like in the business world too, although I've been doing a lot of work with Super Squares, this really cool thing that uh, is like corporate and run by, you know, millionaires. And uh, they, they have a really healthy culture and I, no no joke. The, mm-hmm. the CEO and Matt Burke, who a uh, former NFL player who's invests in it and works with them, um, and a friend of mine, he they call me and pray with me more than any parish I've ever worked with. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Kind of wow. sad. Um, kind of sad. And so, like, yeah, I think I think we absolutely have to pray together. Like, there's no excuse for a parish staff that to not go to mass together once a week minimum, um, to do like morning prayer 
like optional, optional morning prayer. You know, if you can't make it because you're up late doing youth ministry things and you don't want to be there at 8 a.m., totally cool. And it's not like, oh, Nick's not here because he's not praying. He's not working. That youth minister, I know what his salary is. That Nick, you know, it's like, actually, just assume the best that Nick was working late last night or he's going to work late tonight. And so he's not here, but he's going to pray morning prayer on his own. Like, it's just this spirit of trust. Um, and then, and you offer it for the staff and people will start coming. And when the, when the, when the parish staff changes and is praying together and is trying to be holy, it really does reflect in the, with the parishioners. I think so too. I, I think another benefit, because like, like I said, our staff is maybe for the past, uh, three or four months have been, we're doing like, a one of those programs from the Augustine Institute, we're doing like the search together at lunch. Okay. So we watch Chris Stefan and man, that's another person I should make a, uh, make fun of. Anyway, we're watching him do his thing. Uh, and he's starting real, real vague with the big questions of life. And he's slowly like, getting his way to Catholicism and stuff. And we've been breaking out into small groups. I, I mean, it's the funniest thing to me because, you know, uh, all these new programs, Alpha, The Surge, any of it, it starts off with like, oh, we'll watch a video. We'll have an icebreaker. Then we'll do small groups and we'll have a meal. I'm like, so we were doing youth ministry. What youth yeah. ministry has been doing since the early 2000s, the 90s. I'm glad you caught on, but, our, you know, it's not a legitimate profession. But anyway, <laughs> I'm not bitter. I'm not bitter, oh. man. Anyway, so we're doing this, uh, the search together, <clears throat> and we're praying together in faith sharing. And oh my gosh, like it's so weird. Like it's spilling over into our other meetings since we're getting to know each other and uh, realizing what our strengths are. And something that I can see happening, like our pastor is one of those guys who will say, hey, you know, what's my job description? And he'll say, be holy. And I'll be like, hey, man, <laughs> it's not a job description. But what he kind of means is if you're praying together as a staff, the Lord's going to put something on your heart uh, to do. And if he puts on your heart, it's going to happen. If you try to lift something up with your own will, uh, it's not, and I don't want you to do it and get out of my, get off my staff, which is wild. Yeah. Um, I still would like a job description. Everyone wants a job description, <laughs> especially at a parish, but, um, ah, I, I, th I think it's important. Um, can we transition into priests and what? priest things? Uh, man, how many priests have you worked for? Oh my goodness, man. Too many. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten. Wow. That's ten. more than five. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I think I've directly worked under directly uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, six. And then uh, alongside at the diocese, infinitely more. Yeah. Um, Okay, so this the the charm of this podcast is that you get an inside look on what the priest is thinking when this goofy thing happens. Like everyone went nuts when Anthony said, uh, you know, when they sing a second verse after he's already on the altar, Anthony <laughs> wants to just rip his hair out, you know? Like he's like, I'm ready to start. And everyone's like, that's what we were thinking too. You know, that those little insights, like a priest can drink a beer. Oh my gosh. A priest can drink a beer. Like yeah. it, it's almost like the, the easiest evangelization to say that priests are normal, which to me is so boring because I have friends who are priests and they're lovely, lovely, normal people. Uh, but working for them, I think is, 
a worthy topic of discussion. So you've worked for priests. What's it like? I want I can't say what I want to say. Okay. <laughs> because of the cancel culture that we live in now. Yeah. Um, but I I will text it to you because I think it's absolutely true <laughs> and hilarious. So I have had I have worked with unbelievable priests and mm-hmm. I have worked with like ones that are no longer priests um, mm-hmm. for whatever reason. And that's a whole a story for another day. But one thing that I've noticed um is is a lack of tr- and this is not this is not a, a I am not speaking about all priests. This is this is just the ones I've worked with and for. All of them, many of them, amazing, holy dude. Mm-hmm. And they would admit that their number one flaw is a lack of leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so, like, right, priests, priests, they're supposed to like they're supposed to be Jesus to us, right? They're supposed to be our spiritual fathers. Um, they're supposed to 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 walk with the staff and walk with the parish. But we, you know, and this is maybe a whole another conversation for another time. But like. We've given them so many other roles that like have nothing to do with being priests, <laughs> like being in charge of the budget and, uh, you know, hiring and firing and HR and like you name it. Um, you know, they're doing all these things and a lot like none of them got ordained for that. Right? Like, like nobody is like, you know what I want to do? I want to go and just have like the greatest budget ever in a parish. But no, they, they go, <laughs> I'll join seminary. Yeah, that's the yeah, reason. <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Um, and so it like. I think that the, and I, I live really close to Mundelein Seminary, which is a huge major seminary uh, in mm-hmm. America. Um, and I, I've had good experiences with with Mundelein and uh, a lot of my good friends have gone there or are going there now. Uh, but there's really not, like admittedly by them, there's not a ton of leadership training. Um, and and it's really hard to be a leader. Like I, I had, I started off like 10 years ago. It was my first time ever being a boss. And I read so many leadership books. Like I, I was the boss of the middle school youth minister mm-hmm. and a couple of interns. Um, and I had to like fire someone and I had to hire someone and I had to, um, you know, tell interns, you, you know, you didn't get the job. I'm learning all these things like on the fly, but also diving into, uh, you know, re- leadership books so that I can be a better leader. And then I'm managing four people and now I'm managing seven people and I take it very seriously. Like, okay, how can, how do I manage them? How do I lead them? Um, what do I need? What do I need to do as a person? How do I need to pray? How can I pray with and for them? Like that is my number one priority because if I'm doing that well, with them, then they're mm-hmm. going to be able to do that well with their core teams, their catechists, their volunteers, and then ultimately the parishioners that they serve. Um, and so I've gone to all these leadership conferences and like, I'm trying and I'm still flawed. And so sure. if I'm putting all of this work into being the best leader that I can be. And most of my priest friends who I talk to have never taken more than one class on it from someone who hasn't been involved in parish ministry in 20 years because they're teaching at the seminary. Um, it's, it can be a problem. And a, and, and a lot of issues like on parish staffs, like don't just don't get resolved and they just sit there and fester um, because like I have to be the priest, I have to be perfect and holy and all this stuff instead of just like addressing conflict and learning how to do all that kind of stuff. Does that make sense? I know it's kind of all over the place. It, it does make sense. So so what are the bare bones, would you say, of uh, of like some some basic sort of principles that would absolutely change someone who hasn't had uh, this leadership training. Like what are, what are the bare bones? Like I will work for father, whoever, if he has blank, 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 blank. Can you think of some of those things? This would have been really cool if I wrote this down. So yeah, if they, so I think it is a, um, it starts with like being, being honest all of the time. So honest, be honest as a leader. Um, don't sugarcoat things and, and, and just be honest. Number two would be to, um, to be able to be trusted. So to be, to be trustworthy. Um, I always tell my team, like I, I sat them down. And so I'm kind of telling you what I, what I told my team day one, when I came in, I kind of inherited them. So that was different than me hiring all of them. 
Um, and I said, listen, I will never lie to you. I will never talk behind your back ever. So if you ever hear anyone, anyone on our team or someone else that says, John said this about you, it is not true because I will never, ever talk behind your back. And that I, would be hard. I know. And I, and I expect that you won't, that you'll do the same, right? That that I'm just going to, and then that which brings number three, like I'm going to uh, presume the best of you all the time. I'm always going to presume the best. Like, so if I, if I hear something or I get an email and the email sounds kind of snarky, I'm going to assume um, that that it's not snarky because I'm going to assume the best for you. And I ask that you do the same for me. And then number four is I said, this is the last thing. I, t- I tell my team, my staff, you have an obligation to dissent. <laughs> Every time that we meet, you have an obligation to dissent. If you disagree with the decision that we're making or something we're talking about, I encourage you to share it, to say why, um, and to do that three times. And after the third time, if you still disagree and you still dissent and the whole rest of the team or whatever comes to the a conclusion, you have to either accept it and move on and promote it and say, this is what we're doing and be yeah. behind it in, in front of parishioners at dinner at, at family's houses, or you have to quit. Like you do. <laughs> we have, I'm not exaggerating. I've been there two years. We have had literally zero fights. Um, we've had conflict, like argumentation, mm. but like zero fights, zero gossip. I've never gone home from work with my personal team upset at any of them. And I hope and think they can say the same. So I'm not, okay. perfect. I'm not, I don't make sound like I'm just like, oh, I'm so good. No, this is like what right. I've tried to be better at over the last 10 years. And if yeah. priests would do that, man, it would be nuts. It'd be so cool. So, so let's, let's look at the opposite. I'm going to try to do the opposite of the things you said based on, try, I didn't take notes, but here, here we're going to go for it. Um, uh, I go into a meeting. I know what father wants. I don't think it's right. So I kind of passive aggressively say that we should be doing this because parishioner so-and-so said that. I even made up parishioner's name. Father says no. Meeting's over. I go to someone's office. I complain about father and how out of touch he is to other person. Other person starts to tell me uh, that that's, this whole thing is actually someone else's fault. We proceed to trash and trash that person for being so dumb. We see them in the lunchroom and then we say, oh, hey, how's it going? And then you might think you're having a good lunch conversation. And then there's something, some juicy, juicy, delicious gossip on their side. I'm like, so what do you think about that meeting? And they said something they didn't like that they didn't say in the meeting. So then you go on to trash that idea so that when you see parishioners then, and then they're like, what do you think of this new program we're putting out? You say, well, father likes it, but... Yeah. But what do, what do, what do you mean? Oh, it it's just Do you really think we need this program to do things great? And then you start trashing the vision that Father just talked about. And so then now you're Does that sound like a regular Catholic parish? Yeah, that's all of them. <laughs> that's it's really all of them. It's that's really all, all of them. them. Sometimes it's the one I'm at and it's just like no, that's not we can't do that. No. Uh, man, I, I, so my, my baseline is, is this, I, I remember we had, um, we had, um, f- my pastor, uh, I don't know if he listens to this. I, I doubt, I doubt he does. He probably has checked it out a couple times, but he, he said something like he called all the faith formation people cause I do middle school. So I'm technically faith formation and he calls us all into a room and he says, first we started off with faith sharing. I'm like, Oh, and then we, 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 we prayed did faith sharing. And then he's just like, so what are some of the struggles that you're dealing with right now? I want you to be totally honest with me. I'm like, I will be. 
And I said the things that uh, I heard going on and uh, that other people said to me that they might not be brave enough to say. So I'm like, I'm going to, I'll, I'll, he, he invited this honesty. So I yeah. told him and he goes, wow, that sounds really tough. I'm like, oh, he affirmed my, my struggles. Fantastic. And he goes like, how, what can I do to help alleviate you from this? And I was like, these things. And he goes, I will do those things. And I was like, um, if you could do this at minimum once every six months, I'll work here forever. You know what I mean? Dude, yes. It's crazy. It's crazy. That's all That's all I really want. Because what, what did he do? One, he was father to me. So we prayed together and we affirmed each other in prayer and in faith sharing. And then we were honest with each other. We had that conflict. And then he said, I want to tear down the, the obstacles in your way so that we can kick butt. And he made it clear, like, all he wants is, like, his main priority is to get people in front of Jesus. So if that's adoration, cool. If that's mass, cool. He doesn't care what it is. But, like, base all your programming around that. And I thought to myself, self, can you do that? Yeah, I can get behind that mission. Like, ultimately, I can be creative in how I structure my programming to add more adoration, praise, and worship, and, and, and talk about the mass a bit more. Heck yeah, dude. Like I've never felt more of a part of a team than in that in that sort of moment. I have had that happen like two times in twelve or fourteen years of ministry. Oh, that's a it's not a lot of times. <laughs> no, and, and I'm not like I, I, listen. Like again, I, my first ever pastor, like one of my best friends. He was like I love him. I'd work for him any day. I still text him and joke about mm -hmm. uh, going wherever he is. He's in Green Bay. He's incredible. My last pastor was unreal, prayerful, holy, loved Jesus like crazy, and was very prayerful with us. And that was awesome. Um, mm -hmm. But th that exact conversation you just had, I've probably had that happen twice. Wow. Yeah. And, and like, and, and again, like assuming the best of your, of your staff, like, mm -hmm. so when you, when a parishioner comes to you and says, I can't believe this person did A, B, and C, like, like my reaction when someone comes to me about my team is like, it really doesn't sound like them. That really, like if, it is, if, it, if it is, I will find out and I will get to the bottom of it. But that really does not sound like like the person that I know. Um, so I'll follow up with them and I'll get back with you and, and I'll make sure and like 100% if they're in the wrong, I, you know, I'll handle it. But that totally does not sound like them. I'm assuming the best of my the people that I'm in charge of. Right. Dude. And if our pastors did that for, for the whole staff. I'll be awesome. You know, it's funny. I, I, for Lent, I'm praying the litany of humility every day. Ooh, uh, old. You know what's funny though? I'm not praying it in like a I love being popular way. It's like I, I think I said this in the last po podcast. I, I deal with like self hate things. It's like the root wound. Like, all, why do I sin because of this, this, this? All the way down, it, it normally comes down to some weird form of not liking myself, okay. which is prideful, crazy, right? Yeah. So anyway, we're going through. I'm going through it every day, and, and this and that, and uh, like. There's a lot. Uh, I, I can't think of the exact line, but it's like from the fear of being. How do you say that C word? Calumniated. Calumniated. Yeah. Like being talked about poorly. Yeah. You know, like that's been helpful because I'm like, you know, I don't want to be like if people talk, don't if people say bad things behind my back, I don't care. Me, me. No, no, no. I I don't want that. Like just a rejection of it, but like just a letting go of that. But to know that someone would do the opposite of that. Sure, I don't have to desire it, but man, it would be so nice, you know? <laughs> like, wow, that's cool. Um, uh, I was going to transition into something else. Like what? I don't know. 
Mark, so you sent me a bunch of things that uh, about parish life that were I, I found to be terribly interesting. Um, what was one of them? For, that I sent you? Yeah, I'm trying to... I want you to know that when I sent you... Uh, so what I did, everyone, is I sent him a litany. Is this not being recorded? I, I sent him a litany of hilarious things that I thought... Uh, and did not think he would take any of them seriously. But here we are having a great show. Yeah, I've been giving you all of the things because uh, it's one of those things when you work for a parish, um, a lot there's a lot of similarities across the board in in people's experiences. And Ooh, live streaming. Live streaming. Okay. Can we talk about live streaming? Because <laughs> I hear all these weird about? hot takes on it. Now, when I, when I worked for the Diocese of Pittsburgh, I went from, uh, you know, I, I think I worked there 2017 through 19. So I just, you know, straddled the, the scandal, LOL. Um, and, oh, not LOL. That's not a great, good enough. Anyway, <laughs> ah, ah, onward. Ah, ah. Away, okay. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I would go from parish to parish and I said, hey, I can help you set up live streaming pretty cheap. And they're like, no. <laughs> Oh no! Oh no! This is bad. Like then the scandal hits, and I got phone calls from people being like, "Hey, you said you could do this cheap, right?" I'm like, "Yeah, but now all the parts aren't—you can't buy them. Like they're all gone." Yeah. Uh, so you would like to see more streaming opportunities, but Jonathan, people think that going to mass is watching mass. Oh my gosh. They do, don't they? Because I, I mean, I, I was talking to someone the other day. He's like, "What? I'm going to mass. It's just online." Yeah, they're the equivalents, right? So more streaming. You want more streaming? I do. I got to be honest with you, man. One of the funniest. <laughs> it's been long enough. I can share the story. Right when COVID started, and we talked about, um, we sent an email out about how first communions were a little delayed, and so they're going to be here. I got an email from a mom that said, "Can't we just make our first communion virtually?" I'm not even kidding. I'm like, oh, I have so many stories like that, but I just can't wait to share one when the Lord calls me out of parish ministry one day. Um, but, but like, okay, so I, I don't mean mass. I don't mean streaming mass. And I do think that there are, you know, a lot of people who maybe aren't catechized might uh, might think, oh, it's fine, or and they're not going to come back to church. But I don't think it's as big of an issue as people think it is. But I don't mm. mean streaming mass. I mean meeting people. Like, the, I, I obsess over this. Like, Jesus met people where they were. Mm-hmm. And right now, where people are is they're online. They're on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Um, they're on Twitch. They're watching people play video games. They're playing video games. Whatever. That is where people are. If you look at the stats of the amount of time people spend on their phone or playing games, like you got to meet them where they are. And that's where they are. And so like something as simple as playing Among Us with your youth group and mm-hmm. then having a Bible study after on Zoom. Like that is something you could do that anyone with a laptop and internet can do. And that, and that's what kids are doing or playing fall guys when that was a huge thing six months ago or so um, with the youth group. And you, I mean, as a youth minister, right? You're sitting at home. <laughs> you don't have to yeah. leave. Um, you know, you could even like order pizza to, to their houses and have, like, there's all kinds of things that we could do to reach out as a Catholic church. And I just feel like we're, we're so behind the eight ball, man. Like I'm like, I'm the only Catholic streamer that I know of. Mm-hmm. That like is even trying, like is even trying, and and if there's more, I we need we need a million more because like I kind of don't even like talking about Jesus on Twitch anymore because I do it all day long, and so I'm just playing games and having like having this great community that I love to hang out with. But we need people like out there on Twitch, on YouTube, not just making YouTube videos but live streaming. I'm shocked that the the major apostolates, how Word on Fire does not have a full time streamer. I have no idea. I have no idea. It is too. We have to tell. It is 2021 in a pandemic 
How are we, how is there not a person who's streaming eight hours a day for these different apostolates? It blows my mind. And on the Protestant churches, I'm doing it for five years. Like oh, they, man. they were so much more prepared. Why are they so good at we things? What? Why are they so good at things? <laughs> I know, right? It's because they have leadership training. Have you ever uh, been to like, <laughs> have you ever been to like a, you know, your parish is like, hey, you know, maybe we should just go see what be- best practice is. We can go to Victory Church down the down the street and you walk in and there's a huge welcome center. Like, you know, the parish foyer, most parishes like are like five feet and then you walk into the church. You, know, yep. you got that five feet of being warm and picking up the bullets and then you're in the church. Whereas like you walk into these places, it's this giant room before you even get into their worship space and it's full of stuff. And I'm like, oh, I know that we like our churches in the shape of a cross, but can we have a big room at the bottom of the cross where we can have these cool things? Like, look at these pamphlets. They were designed without papyrus font. Oh my, <laughs> they're just so good. Yeah. But, uh, but streaming. Okay. So like, all right. Um, all right, I'm I'm the youth minister at, at a parish. We have three thousand families, so not a not a small by any means. Um, I'm not a I'm not a video gamey guy. What do I do to start? I don't even like if someone tells me the steps, man. I can I can do it. If someone gives me an idea, I can I can look into it. I can talk to teens about what might work, but I don't know what those things are. I think yeah. that the most that I've ever done was. Um, uh, a group of us started a uh, a Minecraft server where people were building cathedrals and stuff. And it was pretty pretty sick. Uh, I, I don't even know if that's in anymore. I mean, yeah, oh, Minecraft, dude. I can't stand it, but people love it and kids love it. Like so, and, and I, I hope like I hope people listening aren't thinking that I'm like advocating for just you know enabling the, these addictions that really people have to internet. Like we mm-hmm. we can you can meet them there and then re- and then take them out of those of those places and teach them healthy habits of gaming and healthy habits of internet usage and phone usage. But that's where they are now. So in order to mm-hmm. even bring Jesus to him, you got to do that first. Um, so I, I wouldn't force it, but like if you have a, I'm sure you know. I see the stuff you post on Twitter. Like you're doing awesome stuff. And if you've got a group of teens, right, that you know, like I always assume every minister's got like 10 to 12 that like you can't, right, we can't walk with 100 of them. That's why we have volunteers and core team and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But we got 10 or 12 that we can, that God has put in our paths, that like we really are going to walk with and probably have like a, a lot of times lifelong relationships with. Like I've stood up in weddings of former teenagers and the, been the godfather of their kids. It's mm-hmm. I, I'm old now. Yeah, um, but if you go to them, right, and say, hey, like what? What it like? Are you, what games are you playing? Or would it be cool if we did a game of um, like a night of Among Us, and then afterwards had like like praise and worship live streams, and then you know prayed night prayer? And if they're like, no, nah, that would be lame. Like we're fine doing what we're doing now. Then great, awesome. But if right. they're like, yeah, that would be really cool. And actually, I know like ten people at school who don't even know who Jesus is who love to join. And be like, oh, we'll be honest with them and up front and say my Catholic youth minister is going to do it. Don't trick them. Um, but then boom, like you just you're, you all you do is you make a free Twitch account. Um, you know, tell the teens what it is. Uh, and you uh, it records it automatically, so there's no like everyone can watch it. The parish can see the recording. It's not weird. Um, it, it's a, it's safe. You know, Virtus, all that kind of stuff. Um, and it's it's just a really cool way to reach people right now. And that's just again, that's just what they're doing, man. These kids are playing like six or seven hours of video games a day. It's crazy. It's wild. <laughs> it's wild. I think my eyeballs would start to hurt. I'm like one of those people, you know, like I wear contacts and I think they would dry out and fall out as I played. Dude, yes. People are like, John, are you ever gonna full time stream? I'm like, if I do, it is going, it is not going to be video games. Because it, wow. like, I could not do 40 hours of video games a week. I would be a miserable person. Yeah, like twelve, and then a stream a podcast and do some sports talk, and like, 
But man, staring at a screen for, for 40 hours a week, that would be rough. That would be a lot. Oh my gosh. Last thing I want to talk to you about for the last couple of minutes here. Um, do you have a couple more minutes? I Yeah, absolutely. Sweet. Okay. You said along the same lines here, uh, digital things, Twitter is not as bad as it is good. Yeah. Now, uh, I, I love my Twitter account. I love Twitter. Uh, it doesn't cause me a lot of anxiety. I like Twitter. And I think a lot of people don't and are on it. Because they see, uh, well, I don't know. I don't know. Like, they see a lot of uh, controversy in Catholic world stuff. Um, what's your take on, on Twitter in general? Is is Twitter bad for the soul? Uh, should we be on Twitter? Uh, I know I'm, I'm hyper-focusing on one particular platform. The greatest uh, of all platforms. I think so. I just, <laughs> I love it. I, I live, laugh, love it, if you will. Yes. Um, but what's your, what's your take on it? Because people think it's a toxic place. You had treads versus uh, crazy hippie Catholics, super lip Catholics, conservative Catholics, people who put their faith uh, behind politics, Trump Catholics, Biden Catholics. Ah, because I, I can understand how it get really, really frustrating. Um, but you said there's more good on it. Yeah, I don't believe you. Prove it. <laughs> okay, I mean, I've had I've I've had Twitter for so long. It's probably the longest uh, I've had any app. Maybe Facebook, but I don't even use Facebook in years. Mm -hmm. um, I love it. I love, love, love it. So, and I've I've seen the worst parts of it. I am no exaggeration. I had over a hundred thousand people mocking me on Twitter. <laughs> A year ago. What did you do? I I stuck up for my brother and his wife against like the most toxic streamer of all time who has millions of followers. Um and uh and and stuck up for my 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 uh, sister-in-law. Um mm -hmm. and to this day, people will like respond to one of my tweets and just what he said something wildly sexist, like wildly sexist, and I called it out. And to this day, people will comment on random posts of mine and be like, Are you the guy that like this this streamer destroyed? Cause he like responded to me. Um, so sure. I have seen the worst of it. I've had death threats, right? I, I, I can see how crazy we, and, and like you, it does not cause me much anxiety um, because it's just like the, those people are just so broken. It just makes me sad and just makes me pray mm -hmm. for them. So that mm -hmm. stuff, I think it's easy for me personally to just kind of like, eh, like you're a troll, but there are people obviously who struggle with that stuff. And so if Twitter does cause anxiety, it's just log off, I think is a good mm -hmm. thing to do. But if it doesn't, like it can be such a good, like it's how I met you and we're mm -hmm. doing this podcast now. It's how I met your brother who just gifted a hundred subs on my Twitch channel the other day, by the way, which was Let's great. Go. Uh, I don't even know if you know what that means, but he was very generous and it was very fun. Um, I've, I've met Father Harrison through there, Father Dan Fulvachny, who's one of my close friends now who is going to come over this weekend. Like I met him because of Twitter. Um, some of my absolute best friends I have met on Twitter. And mm -hmm. some of the most fun times I've had while traveling is meeting the people that I've been interacting with on Twitter. And then, so, so I, I think it's, it's a really good place um, if you can be healthy about it. And then finally for me, man, I, I am someone who's so open um, minded to other people's ideas, even if I think they're dumb. Um, so I don't get super offended. And I've actually had my mind changed. Uh, I, like people are like, who, no one's going to ever change your mind on Twitter. So don't tweet long stuff. It's like, actually I have had, I have like believed that that racism is a huge issue in our country because of Twitter and healthy, holy people that I follow on Twitter. And oh. I have believed that there are good priests out there because of some of the priests I've met on Twitter. So like, I, I think there's way more good happening. I've seen a lot of conversions happen on Twitter. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, if you can block out some of the bad, and you, like you said, man, there, you've got left Twitter, you've got right Twitter, but if you identify as either of those things, let's just get off my timeline. You know, you just see ya. Like I'm Catholic, okay? I believe in all the Catholic church teachings. Yeah. It's not very difficult uh, to understand. And yeah. so anyway, it's a great place. It's a holy I, place. I think so. I mean, I tell people I met my wife on Twitter. Boom. Yeah. Right. A weird thing to I say. I met your wife on Twitter. No way. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> yeah, I she's met your wife on Twitter. She's the best. It was so funny. Like I, I tell her honestly, I'm like, hey, I followed you before you followed me. Don't tell people that. But like, you were a girl and you were tweeting pretty things and your AVI looked pretty. So I followed you, sure. And then, uh. You know, one, two, skip with you through this podcast, we actually went on a date and then, you know, the rest is history to be cliche. Uh, but man, Twitter brought me my wife. See? No, the Lord taught, brought me my wife. But use Twitter? I People don't know this. I used to have a business card. And it said Nick Sharapa, single, suave, and delicious on it. And my <laughs> phone number on it. And all through college, I would just throw these cards out at parties. I'd put them everywhere. And I went on uh, maybe close to 100 dates with people. So I, I always thought that I would do the brave, courageous, in-person, first-time meeting anything in online dating. Ah, man, why would you do that? Or sliding into someone's DMs sounds slippery and gross. Yeah. But, uh, man, that's the way it ended up happening for me. Ridiculous. Yeah, that is crazy. So, yeah. may, I aff- may I affirm your wife? Yeah, of course you can. She's so, great. I don't know when this was. And, I, again, this, but this year, right, it's been crazy. So I'm assuming it was during COVID, I think. She did this really cool thing on Instagram, just maybe two times, mm-hmm. where she was like making drinks and bartending. <laughs> so, yeah, some of the best content I've seen in a year, and no I way. haven't seen it since. So if we could bring that back, that yeah, awesome. I was just hanging out on a Friday night. I'm watching the show with my wife, <laughs> and all of a sudden I'm like scrolling through the Instagram stories, and here's Riley. She's she making cocktails, make, like an awesome cocktail. And I wasn't even thirsty. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to go make this cocktail and I'm going to have my wife try it. It was so cool. Yeah. that's. I can't wait to tell her. She, she'll she be the type. She's the type of person who will go through the fridge and be like, I can do something with this. And based on like a few basic principles. So uh, if you want to hear producer Riley on this podcast, you know, everyone who's listening, uh, tweet, email us at clericallyspeaking.com. Tweet at us. Tweet at her. She's at end of days woman. Um and she's so against being on the podcast, which is very funny. But um, yeah, thanks for affirming her. She used to be a bartender, like under some of the best bartenders in the world. It's one of her favorite little hobbies. So yeah, I'll, I'll tell her. I'm jealous because I bartended for four years, but it was at a bar in Manitowoc, Wisconsin, where like it was whiskey sours. And so like no actual cocktails. <laughs> um, yeah. And so anyway, I didn't get to learn those until later in life. Bummer. So, hey, um, I'm going to give you the last couple seconds here. Plug whatever you want to plug. Uh, go ahead. Uh, oh, oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Plug, I don't know. Uh, Do you have Jesus, anything you want to plug? Jesus is awesome. Okay. If you ever want to hang out and watch you play video games or talk sports or whatever, twitch.tv forward slash bearded blevins. And that is all. Fantastic. You can find him at bearded blevins. You can find me at Papa Sharapa. If you need anything for Clerically Speaking, uh, go to clericallyspeaking.com or follow Father Harrison at FR Harrison or Clerically Speaking at Clerical Pod. Uh, I think that's all the information I'm supposed to uh, say. Uh, There's Patreon things on the website. You can go there too if you'd like to. We appreciate it. It helps me actually get paid a living wage. And uh, finally, if you want the guys back, 
just keep praying for them. They're excited to come back in person. I'm excited to go back to uh, producing. And uh, from the two of us, peace. See ya.